Welcome everybody to Talking Roadmaps, the channel where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly with practitioners, experts, educators, and tool providers. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Jonathan Goins from Openly. Jonathan, introduce yourself. Yeah, Phil, thank you. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Goins from Openly. I'm a director of product and design. We are a, I'd call this a scale up at this point. We're sliding out of the startup phase. We've got great product market fit and we are climbing. And so, um, growing the organization, uh, putting in place product operating model, and I'm doing this all remote from Boise, Idaho. And just for, for our awareness, what game is Openly in? What do you guys do? We are actually in the homeowner's insurance space. Uh, so this is a new industry for me, something I've learned a lot about since joining. And the, the reason there's space in that, in that industry is because oftentimes if your house burns down or you have a total loss, it's very common to not be fully... Uh, reimbursed for that loss. And you think that's why you have insurance. You think you'll get all the money out of your house and you're not. So openly had a value proposition that we could use technology to make applying take eight seconds instead of 20 minutes and which we do. And second, if something really bad does happen, we can guarantee uh, to a degree that your house is covered well beyond what the, that limit might be. So it's a, it's a win for insurance agents and it's a win for homeowners like myself. So it's been fun. I've learned a lot about the, the industry. I can imagine with the Wi-Fi is in California over the last few years as well. That's, that starts to play on people's mind, uh, that, that total loss scenario, a little more than it might have a few years ago. That and I think there's some flooding in Texas and those two events. Uh, I forget the numbers, so I won't quote it, but it was a high percentage of folks who lost their homes who were not totally covered which is really sad. So you, so one thing you want to go to bed at night and go, if, so, if my biggest asset, if I lose it, I'm covered. That's why I pay insurance every year for years and years and years. So openly tries to do something about that. Cool. Well, sounds like good work. So just uh, as with every YouTube channel and podcast, do everyone out there do like, subscribe, hit that bell icon to listen in. We'd love to have you uh, on the show as well. If you'd like to sit where Jonathan is, and tell us a bit more about what your views are on roadmapping. Reach out at info at talkingroadmaps.com. We'd love to talk to you. So I guess that's, that's enough of the intro stuff. Let's get into it. Jonathan, what, in your opinion, is the purpose of a roadmap? <laughs> the purpose of a roadmap. So the, uh, the academic part of my brain wants to tell you that the purpose is to craft a plan from your current reality to your desired vision, to where you want to be someday down the road. Uh, and it is, but, but I would say almost more importantly, it's a tool for giving other people, your business partners, peace of mind. Now there's a, a loaded word in there, plan. So I guess, how, how concrete or accurate is that plan? Uh, that, that's gonna go into how that plan is devised. So. Part of it is, I, I think, a, a big piece of roadmaps that's missing. That was missing in my early roadmaps, for sure. I'm like, I did all my homework. Here's the roadmap. And I didn't provide any context around the roadmap. Here's my plan. But I'm not going to give you any context because, like, I trust all the information I got. And I feel good about the future. And and when leaders, leaders are going to be my pro primary audience, all the roadmaps are for basically everybody in the company who's impacted by this and customers, but senior leadership is probably most impacted. And when they say like, what's next, what's the plan? They're rushed, they're busy. 
what they mean is I'm trying to make money for this organization and I'm wanting this organization to win. And I need to know what you think we should be doing and are there risks and are you planning around those risks and what can go wrong and how confident are you and do you need anything from me? And, and that's all in a very rushed, what's in the plan? And so we give a plan of list of features spread out over time, but we're missing all the context. We share the context. Once the roadmap goes off the rails, well, that was <laughs> because this and this and this and this and this. So uh, that's, that's how I view it is a, a lot of context needs to be tacked on to um, this little list of features that's laid out in a plan. Great. You, you went there and told me who you, the, your audience is as well. So we had senior leaders as the primary audience. We then had anyone internally and customers as well. Great. And yeah, I think I'm broadly on the same page there. That external audience, I slight, slice up a little bit more myself, kind of partners and prospects as well as existing customers sometimes, just different layers of interest or trust perhaps? Uh, yes, I've been on sales calls where I'm not the sales guy. Even though I've got the same goal, I'm helping them get revenue, but I sit down and I just walk through the roadmap with a lens on um, problems. You know, you, you list features because problems take a long time to write out on a little slider presentation, but telling a company like, we understand your problems and this is how we plan to attack them. Uh, the credibility is huge. So I'm glad you called that out. We're all coming from the same place. We're all trying to achieve the same thing. And yeah, the senior leaders, their motivation is really, they want to know that you're helping them on that journey to make money for the organization, which we're all ultimately there for. I, I really liked that, that nugget of insight. We know who it's for. We know it's what it's for. Who owns it? Who maintains it? Who, who, who's, who's got their hands in this roadmap, this artifact? A younger version of myself <laughs> would have had a different answer. Uh, I would have said, you know, product manager owns it. And then um, I saw an online comment the other day by Matt LeMay. He, uh, he had a post and it was, it was humbling just talking about ownership. And he's like, you, you don't own everything. Like no company has some perfect ownership model, but you can, you can be humble about that. You can partner with others. You can still dive in and uh, I forget how it, how it all worked out in the post, but it was really encouraging and, and full of humility. So I would say the, I'm going to actually say when it comes to a roadmap, I believe that the product manager should be responsible for it. They should be the one trained in roadmapping and thinking about trade-offs and getting information from engineering and being closest to the customers in a lot of ways. So they should be responsible, but accountable. I'm going to say that leadership is accountable for it. And they get to say, the C-suite gets to say like this, we, we have to sign this deal because the investors need this in order to get the next round of this or whatever. And our job is to um, share a voice back up, say, okay, I got it. Or like, I disagree and here's why. And I commit. And I, I had a job or two ago where I, I did this, the CEO was like, we need to build this thing. I felt very strongly it was not the right thing to build. It would not result in an outcome, a positive outcome for the business. I laid out all my reasons why, and I knew where they were coming from. I, I understood where they were coming from. I, we listened to each other and said, I'm totally against this feature, but I will completely disagree and commit. I didn't have any tone or negativity. I was just like, these are some facts, and it's on you. You're the one accountable for this business. And they disagreed with me, and we went with their direction, and it 
it was fine. Like it wasn't on my shoulders to feel like I had to carry the company. It was on the CEOs. And so it was a really good relationship. I absolutely love that concept of disagreeing commits. I remember having similar conversations as the head of product with my uh, sort of product people when some things were getting passed down to me. It's like, I've already had the arguments with the senior leadership. I don't agree with it, but there are certain frame conditions, certain business context, sometimes just simple. These, they're the boss. <laughs> they're, they're, that's where they are. They've, they've got that position. Whether you agree with it or not, you just kind of get on with it sometimes. I do have um, one more learning that I'm excited to share with you that in my own personal journey, and it, it kind of ties two of your questions together on who is it for? And I've mentioned leadership is a big stakeholder and then who owns it being um, a PM that's responsible versus a uh, leadership. I have shifted I, in the past. I, you get the question, what's your roadmap? And you scramble to, to figure out the best features for what you understand about the business and the customers, right? And you lay those out. I would have so many debates on if something was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And I get frustrated because I was close. And so what I, I use now, I use it as a tool to facilitate accountability with leadership. And what I mean by that is a roadmap is not the starting point of strategy. It cascades down from, if you have a mission or vision statement, which most companies, they're reasonably murky, I'll say, right? And then you get down to strategic initiatives. Okay, we need to double in size this year. We need to acquire this business. We need to do this one other thing. And that's how we're going to, that's the plan we bought off on our budget side to it. This is where we're at. So I now add slides before my roadmap that lists out exactly any artifact I've got from leadership. And I've been asking for this. Hey, what, what are the KPIs? What are the, um, objectives what are the goals what's the vision can you write it down like fostering all that getting that and then i put that in a cascade document that starts with vision and objectives and then it goes to the roadmap so when i'm pitching my roadmap i do not start at the roadmap i start above with what leadership has said we need to do and if there's any holes in that if that's not clear i just call that out and i was like hey i see this i'm working towards it be be the number one company in our industry just so you know, that's murky for me. And so until I know if it's revenue or NPS or whatever, um, just know I can't, I can't roadmap any more specifically than I have. Do you have an answer for that? So it, it puts some accountability back to say like, I'm making a plan to your objectives. And if they're not clear, then we can have a great conversation about that because that, that at least takes pressure off of, you know, the, the sales leader saying like, why isn't there more re revenue in the roadmap? I'm like, that wasn't a key objective that was handed to me. We can make it that and then I'll change the roadmap. No problem. So that that has been huge instead of like getting on the stand in front of the the jury. And it's, it's like, this is a two-way street. This is what I need from you. And then I understand what you need from me. Funny enough, I was just coaching someone and the key conversation was about having to put a roadmap in place. And as, as we finished the session, I was saying, you know, basically you need all that context up front, exactly as you talked about there. So I kind of said, I'll tell you what, I'll send you an outliner. These are the three to five pages I would put in front of this before you even talk about the roadmap. Because I quite like to bring like the macro market and risk pages in there as well. It's like, let's just make sure we all know and all are agreed on what the environment we're dealing with is, not where we're going and 
what's happening around us. And this is then trying to take us on a path through that to that successful outcome. Yeah. Yeah. If you see a different chessboard, if sales needs goals more than the support team has goals and those aren't tied up and laid out and with trade-offs at the leadership level, yeah, you're going to do a ton of one-on-one battles. So getting that, like, here's the playing field. Are we all on the same page before I tell you the like magic features that we're going to try to build? So that has been immensely helpful for me in getting away from a defensive, explain everything away all the time type of posture. And so we've talked about kind of the cascade coming down of kind of vision, some sort of strategic elements. I mean, obviously, there's a thousand different ways of describing strategy and some objectives coming there. What about other artifacts? What else links into and connects to my roadmap? We just went through this exercise internally and did it a little differently than I've done in the past. And I feel like it really helped. So there's the artifacts from leadership laying out, you know, the, the vision statement and the any objectives. Then we actually made an artifact. We actually used Google Sheets to do this. One little key assumption in a roadmap for, for me when I'm working with PMs, don't put something on the roadmap if you haven't talked to engineering. Or if you haven't talked to engineering, you need to call out that you haven't talked to engineering. So we use Notion, but Google Docs or whatever you want to use. We list out every single feature and a what is this thing? Like, here's the problem that's going on. This is the, it, the solution we're envisioning. It's a dashboard with some information at a high level and the outcome we're hoping it hits from. So just even, even something to let the engineers think through it. And then we ask for front end and back end considerations and a, a wild swag to start off. And if they say, I cannot give you an estimate on this, I can't even say like, it's, I don't know, a quarter of work. Okay, then we know that that sh- maybe shouldn't be on until we get more information, or if it has to be on, then we're going to call that out. So we're partnering with engineering. We're getting, you know, we'll do that with 10 features and do a high level overview. Now they're only estimating on like a paragraph. So that's, we don't have designs for the next 10 features, but it helps that feeds the roadmap big time because we get a sense of reality for what we're asking about. And we also laid out all those features in a Google Sheet with how many engineers that team has in the priority order. And we did capacity planning based on that too. So we weren't having a team that's got this huge aggressive roadmap with three engineers. And we'll just find out in six months that it's not working and have a ton of meetings and do all this. So we're trying to staff according to engineering's understanding of the needs up front. So those those two things are we're really helpful in making sure that we aren't overcommitting. It's always interesting to hear like these little local approaches that kind of have led to great insights and great kind of outcomes. So I always love to hear those. So let's switch gears a little bit and think about what the roadmap looks like, what it's, what's, what's it made up of. So if I think about key elements, the things on there, I've heard features a couple of times on, on the roadmap. What else do you have on your roadmap? Tool-wise, we use product board right now. And the main reason, I'm, I'm gonna get round about to your answer. Main reason is because we track all feedback. Somebody has an idea or a complaint or a question, and we tie that into product board to the feature category, just so we don't lose anything. But then the actual roadmap that we construct visually is in uh, Google Slides. I just, no tool, visually lays out all the context that I want to communicate perfectly. And a slide is 
It's also shareable. Not everybody needs access to a tool. And so putting a roadmap in Google Slides is, is key. So we, we do, you know, we all end up talking in features and they all end up being two words, you know, like dashboard report or something like that. And, and you have to educate folks on the problem and what that means. So there's a whole conversation that I'm sure you've hashed out on here a bunch on what we mean by features. Now we're taking a problem and shipping a solution to make an outcome. But that, so that's there. But there's three, there's a few other things that uh, I like to put on a roadmap on top of this little timeline or horizon with the features, the risks. So we'll just create a box of text called risks and be like, hey, item number four on here, engineering can't even estimate it. And, or we're blocked by this big project that's behind schedule, or we don't have any customer validation for that thing. Whatever it might be, we'll just call out the risks that we're seeing and feeling as product people. Then confidence. So I'll speak to it or we'll add it on there and we'll say confidence. Like this one, we have really high and it's, sometimes I'll use percentage, but usually high, medium, low confidence in the effort. Maybe even in the whole roadmap. So we'll, we'll add context around our confidence in what we can do. Here's the plan. For the next three months, we've got really high confidence because there's no blockers and we've got customer validation. Past that, honestly, we have a ton of work to do. And here are our next steps to validate those next six months. Low confidence. I'll circle back with you when I have more confidence. The more we write it down, the more you protect against this thing getting shared and your story is lost. Your, your pitch has been removed. So risks, confidence. And I had a leader I worked for, um, worked with, sorry, who was over sales. And they would see the list and be like, yeah, but what are we not doing? And they would always ask that, like, what, because they wanted more and they want to know what we're for sure not doing. And so I started a list of out of scope, like here's ideas we heard, like these are the top two things from support. They really, really want this. We're not doing them because it takes a year to re-architect our system and da, 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 da. So I, I expect any PM on my team, myself to have like an answer for why for every single item. But then I want that translated into the artifact. So risks, confidence, and out of scope are the three things, especially risks and out of scope. Like people need to understand the trade-offs. So those, those have been added over the years to help tell the story. I think I've annotated with the risks and, and the confidence levels before, but I don't think I've had, had the out of scope. I've, I've had the conversations and you know, as, as the old wisdom goes, product management is the jack of all trades and master of no. Um, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's out of, out of scope, but yeah, it's, I, I can see the value of capturing that on the roadmap or at least in the roadmap document. Yeah. Trying to get the whole leadership team united in what you're asking me to do to make the company better, all of you with your competing goals, and then me telling you the reality we're facing. So we're all at the end of the day, we all leave with the same pain of reality. Like that's what we need, whether we like it or not. We need to be united in clarity and reality. Yeah, which brings me back to kind of one of the other purposes that's come up a few times of alignment. I think you, you've just exactly articulated that. We've got to get everyone on the same page and aligned. And it's a great artifact for doing that with. So, yeah, I think you've... You kind of preempting my questions really well, Jonathan. I'm kind of, we've talked about tools there, although I guess I'd like to unpick a little bit. You talked about both product board, you talked about Notion, and you talked about Google Sheets and Google Slides. Kind of just 
how do those four all play together? Yeah, and we're in the process of trying to maybe narrow that down a little bit. So the goal is a the goal will always be oh, and then there's Jira. So Jira has a roadmap version that engineers use. So it starts to get messy. It starts to live in a lot of places, and we want to unify that a little bit more. We've decided we we do want a Google slide to be like the final thing. It's easy to update. It's easy to add all those extra variables around context, and they get shared. It's easy to share with everybody. The Google Sheets at first we were like we need to keep that artifact up to date, but it's turned into we need this Google Sheet for planning, maybe quarterly as we learn information around like do we have the right headcount? Is engineering allocating resources? And then as things shift constantly, we're not going to keep that up to date. We're just going to keep um, this Google slide up to date. So we, you know, we're moving into a like maybe a single slide deck across PMs. And actually I called it like the product strategy cascade. And we have, oh, five or six, maybe like six PMs right now at Openly. And so it'll say leadership, what's company mission? What's our vision? And then this team, what's your vision statement for your team that fits into the grander vision statement? And then a, one slide for your roadmap. And then the next team and the next team. So we have one deck for our product organization. That's like, this is where we start, start. Here's how it all cascades down. And then we'll probably use Notion to get context and planning details out of engineering. And then the Google sheet on resource planning. I, we're, we're really moving away from road mapping itself in product board. Although I, I think that tool does that very well just given our needs, we're mainly now using that for the collection of insights and feedback tied to features. I guess what it sounds like is a very pragmatic approach to the act of road mapping is valuable. The roadmap in a given tool, you know, who cares, right? We're, but we're going to present it the way that allows us to communicate best. That's it. Yep. What's best practice in terms of road mapping for you then? Oh, best practice, always have an answer, always have a reason why. Like no gut checks or intuition. If you haven't talked to customers about this, you need to call that out or you need to talk to customers. Teresa Torres, right? You need to talk to customers if you can. When making a roadmap, getting as much information as possible uh, from, from customers, from engineering and leadership. I mean, I'm just going to keep going back to that. Tie it to leadership goals. If you don't, if you're, I've taken visual, I've taken slides with vision statements on it. This is total, whatever the, the word is you want to call it. It's just buzzwords. And I light it up with questions. I can't roadmap to this. This doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know about this. How do you quantify this? Can you pick between these two things? Da, 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 da. I'll send that to the leadership or the president or whoever. And maybe I get an answer. Maybe I don't get an answer. I'm like, okay then if I don't get an answer on that, I'm gonna tell you on a roadmap, this roadmap has no anchor. It has no North Star on it because of the feedback I gave you. So are we all, out? again, I don't have to win. I don't have to twist an arm. I don't have to force a perfect strategy. It's hard being a, a, a senior leader on a company. It's hard being a CEO. It's hard picking a perfect strategy. Like there's no such thing. But if we at least address reality, that there's no North Star that we can roadmap to, can we just all agree and be on the same page? If that's the case, this is our best bet right here. We can totally disagree and commit. So really working with leadership 
uh, as well. And then the last thing is, um, you know, Phil, there's so many acronymy tools out there. I won't pick on any. They all have value. They, they all help you think strategically. They all help you ask questions instead of go, oh, I just know what's best. And, and that's reasonable. But the best approach that I've found, if you want to, you know, methods, methods are just methods, principles are where it's at, but I love cost of delay and black farm swan, black swan farming. Uh, the guy who runs that has a video. And ever since I watched that, any PM I hire, any PM on my team, I'm like, watch this video, watch this video. And it lays out the four types of value that every company has. Everything you do, you can trace back to four types of value. Yeah. Increasing revenue, protecting revenue, decreasing costs, and avoiding costs. Everything. And I'll sometimes bake that into uh, a roadmap as we're planning it and say, like, you said this, so we're focused on increasing revenue, which means we're not decreasing costs isn't as much. Is that right? We've got, oh, yeah, we just raised a ton of money. We're good with budget get revenue. Okay, good. So tying it back to those things and then thinking about the impact of value over time. What happens if you build what in what order? What are the trade-offs? What are the sacrifices? What are the value, the actual value trade-offs? And are we clear on that? So it's a great tool. There's no perfect modeling or analysis. We are smarter. I believe we are smarter and have more context than any tool will ever have. But if we think in terms of cost, the cost of delaying things and what the value is we're trading off, it makes for an intelligent roadmap. I seem to rem remember Melissa Perry maps to that exact model in uh, Escaping the Build Trap that I was scanning through only this morning, um, just to remind myself of one of the concepts in there. So yeah, great to see and here. Now, I wonder if you've already hinted at some of these, but what's the biggest mistake or the worst practice that you see on a roadmap? There's one that jumps right out. So I, I could list the antithesis of like everything I just, I just said, right. But, ah, uh, you know, what bites us is the desire to please being eager to please. I want leadership to like me. I want to do a good job. I want to, I want the company to win product managers. We're competitive, right? We want, we want the company to win. We want to solve problems. We want to do what's best. Here's my plan. And he, the president walks in the room or the senior leader walks in the room and they look at that roadmap or that plan. What's next? Why? What's, Hmm. Do you think, could you do, uh, could you do this thing here? If you did, da, da, da? Uh, we could try. I mean, we might be able to do this one like a little faster. And, uh, and this eagerness comes out and that meeting, it ends really happy. It ends really happy. But the one two months from then is miserable. <laughs> and so I, I try to like my, like my mantra that I share with PMs is take Take your licks up front, like have the hard conversation up front because it'll be way less hard than later. And if you can't do something that somebody's suggesting while you're presenting your plan, don't say I can, I can maybe squeeze the plan be like, honestly, that would bump something on the roadmap. Don't hate me. Please don't, you know, don't, don't look down on me, but you, you have to be realistic. You cannot be eager and optimistic when like, Planning fallacy. People skip planning fallacy. When I get something from an engineer, I just add 50%. They're smart people. They know what they're doing. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're ahead of schedule. But a lot of times, so-and-so broke their leg and they're out on the heel for two months. And there was a tech that we didn't see and another emergency that came up and just like, 
50%, 50%. So if you err on the side, so another best practice, err on the side of caution and conservatism and even say that out loud and do not be eager. I've watched PMs get torched. I've been torched by trying to be optimistic. Well, we could probably do this. And then it doesn't, it's so far from your ability, your ownership. You don't get to make engineers code faster. You don't get to figure out if the architecture supports it or not. Like um, stand your ground with the risks you see when you present that roadmap. If you are eager, it will bite you big time. So true. And yeah, the one I've fallen for myself far too many times, I'm sure. So we've said kind of good practice and bad practice, but are there any pet hits? When you actually look at a roadmap and see one, is there anything on, if you see it on there, you're just gonna put your head in your hands or cry or something like that? If I am reviewing a PM's roadmap, they might have a list of things, you know, A, B, C, D, and I'm excited about it. And here's the order. I'm like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Those two word feature things. Oh, I don't really know, but da, da, da. or it's not actually a, a, something we can build. It's not a feature or it's just wishful thinking or it's a, you know, a version two of the thing. Like what's version two? What problem are you solving? What's the outcome? I don't know. So it's, it's really like road mapping is really hard work. Let's just call it what it is. It is hard work. You are doing like basically a huge like master's thesis research paper in understanding features and engineering and customers. But if you skip all that and you just put down a couple of things people are nagging you about, and you don't know what you mean. You don't know if engineering can build it. Like that is the, the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that I will ask somebody to go back and I, I've seen this, like, we don't know. They get to a roadmap item. They'd never talked to engineering about it. Engineering's like, they start, they're picking at it because the PM asked for it and it ends up, they can't do it. And four months later, they've wasted time. That is if you roadmap inappropriately and you give the next thing to engineering and it hasn't been defined enough or validated or a little bit of upfront architecture research, like you're really going to hurt the company. So I need to know that what you're listing on that roadmap, like you have thought you have answers, you know what it means and you know what engineering thinks it means. So that would be my, over anything else, that's my biggest pet peeve. Sure, it almost sounds a little bit like there's a need for a ready to roadmap status on something. Like some people have that definition of ready before things can go into their backlog. I can almost imagine it's you know ready to roadmap. It's got just enough detail that we can put it on there not too much that's going to pin us down too much for discovering things as going through that journey. Yeah, you can say, I can't roadmap this yet. You can put it on there and give the context, like that low confidence. And I'm going to say that problem, that pet peeve I just laid out, that's actually less a product manager's problem. That's a leadership problem. That's a, if you see that, you haven't set expectations as a leader with your team. This is what roadmapping is. And this is where even as we're, growing, right? We're having people roadmap. I'm like, oh, I never told you how to, I'm like, oh, here, this page, talk to engineering about every single thing, capture their thoughts. Does it still make sense to put on the roadmap? What's your context? So a poor roadmap, ooh, this is accountability. A poor roadmap is a reflection of poor leadership. We need to be explaining to our teams what winning looks like when it comes to road mapping, we need to give them tools, templates, artifacts, 
processes. We need to be coaching them through the process. We need to be reviewing it with them before they present it to the company. And you do that enough times. And now you learn to trust, you know, like they've got it. Like whatever they have on that site, I know they know the answers. I know they're thinking about the context. I know they did their homework. So I'm going to, I'm going to be so bold, Phil, as to say a poor roadmap reflects poor leadership. That's a big statement. Whose advice on road mapping do you listen to? I really can't get away from black swan farming. It's so good. Cost of delay. You go to the website. I don't know if the, he used to have a video called cost of delay on the website. Now he's got some really good articles, but I know the video is still on Vimeo. And so I, I just, it helped me see, I, you know, you think that you're chasing down an outcome, but you don't really know what the value is for something. And he's very sharp, very quantitative, um, brilliant guy. And it just really opened my eyes because the principle of the thing is you need to make value and you're laying out a plan to get value. What is value? How do you think about value? So that would be, that would be a a big place to point folks to. If you had to distill your philosophy on road mapping down to one or two sentences, what would it be? Road mapping is a tool to facilitate strategic accountability, bridge that gap between product and leadership, and quell anxiety for your business partners. Is there anything I should have asked about road mapping that I haven't? You could have asked about like a nightmare. Like, do you have any nightmare stories from road mapping? <laughs> oh, might... give me one of those. I, I've seen just the re- recurring nightmare of scoping a, a roadmap item too big without talking to engineering ahead of time and wasting months of high paid engineer salaries and time and team culture goes downhill, meetings go downhill, reputations are on the line. Uh, I, I can think of one in particular, you know, two months turns into five months, turns into seven months and it's a giant mess. So this is maybe a little bit past um, the rate, what, what you're after with this interview, but scoping those roadmap items down to the bone, to the version one minimum that adds value and nothing else, I would add as a little like icing on the cake, like getting PMs, teaching PMs to scope less. It hurts emotionally, but like you save so much money and pain because I've seen horror stories with just wandering through the woods with a feature until you have some serious consequences. Thanks there, Jonathan. So I think we'll bring it to a close there. It's been a pleasure having you here today, Jonathan. As always, just like to remind everyone out there, please do like, subscribe, hit that bell icon, listen in, share it wide. And uh, if you'd like to take part, please do get in touch either by the comments below or by getting in touch at info at talkingroadmaps.com. We'd love to have you here. Jonathan, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, Phil. Back at you.